and verse 3. The New King James reads, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of receiving your word. I pray that, Lord, none of us will miss the clarity of your word, the impact of your word. Let your word be like fire in our hearts. Let it be like a hammer, bringing conviction, remolding us, making us better, pleasing you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, I can confirm that God loves us in this church so much. You know, this morning, what the Lord put on my heart, I didn't know that the Holy Spirit had, in advance, put the same theme on the heart of Pastor Bimpo. You know, so when I came and he said his theme was, Who am I? I was taken aback. Because in the course of the week or about two weeks ago, I was just around and the Holy Spirit, I heard clearly the, the statement that I heard, man, know yourself. Man, know thyself. I didn't know the source, the originator, the one who first coined this. Later I found out it's Socrates, the Greek um, Athenian um, uh, philosopher. And I was surprised. But I was looking at it, look, searching for the scriptures. Man, know yourself. Where is the scripture about this? So this afternoon, I want to share on man, know thyself. But this morning, Pastor Bimpon shared on who am I? And he really dealt with a major part of the subject of knowing yourself. And I, I believe that God is saying something to all of us. That maybe we know our church, we know our our environment, we know certain things, but we don't know ourselves enough. And when I read a book of Revelation, particularly chapter 2 and chapter 3, and the letter the Lord wrote to the church, especially chapter 3 from the first one, where he speaks to the church in Sardis, I hear the Lord telling him that, you, the church, that you guys think you are alive, but you are dead. So it means that church did not probably know themselves. And somewhere when he wrote to the Laodiceans, he also spoke about, they said, they, they, you, you guys, you are, not, you are not hot, you are not cold. And if, if you are not hot or cold, I'll spew out of my mouth. So you see that God is telling us that sometimes a man can be deceived. Or a woman can be deceived. And that is why it's important that from time to time, we all look at ourselves and say, hey, check it. Am I still on course? Am I the person I believe I am, I'm supposed to be? And that's why Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 15, 13, verse 5, and he says that, examine yourselves if you still be in the faith. Because it's very easy as we travel this journey, which is, as I say, a marathon, a lifelong journey, to get to a point where we can lose track and we can use other indicators. We can, we, 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 we can think that, oh, we are doing well because we receive commendation here and there. 
But in what matters most, we may not be doing that well. May God help us to know ourselves and that we may do what is expected of us as we examine ourselves. Amen. So, as I began to look at the subject of knowing oneself, I also found out that if I don't know myself or you don't know yourself, I don't go scot-free. You don't go scot-free. I realize that those who don't know themselves are easily deceived. When you don't know yourself, you are easily deceived by yourself and by other people. Because people can pamper you. We know about the emperor's new clothes. We know about all the stories about people that didn't know themselves and ended up being destroyed by other people. The man, musician, Icon, Nana Kwamiyam Pedu, made a song in Chi. He said, And in that story, he narrates about the story about the man who bought a donkey and decided to allow the, uh, to ride uh, uh, he and his child and allowed the child to ride. And then he gets every time he got to, people had something to say. At the end of the day, you had a, a donkey, you couldn't enjoy the benefit of the donkey. Hallelujah. Because you don't, if you don't know yourself, people will, will determine how you ought to be. So it's a, it's a part of deception. It's a part of self-destruction when one doesn't know himself. It's not, you don't go, it's not a neutral position. Not knowing yourself has consequences. And that is why it's important that we all get to know ourselves. Hallelujah. And it's, and I also noticed that if you have to know yourself, it doesn't just take one aspect of your life to know yourself. Praise the Lord. If you don't know yourself, you can be in a life of competition. You always feel that no, I mean, other people are going and you are left out and all of that. If you know yourself, you know that even though the scripture says there is a race set for us, you know your track, you know your race. The Christian race is not a competitive race. It's not a race, it's a unique race, it's interesting. It's not like the Olympic type where we say this one is first, this is second. Everybody has a strike, and you have to be first in your first. I have to be first in my first. Everybody's definition is unique. It's a very strange, but that is the way it is. God doesn't compare and say, even husband, that's why when we talk about the rapture, they said two will be in bed, one will be taken, one will be left. But everybody's track is different. Even though it's the same, we all ultimately have to reach the, the price for the price. The way I have to, the, 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 the details I have to take, your details you have to take, and all of that, your route that you have to take, might differ. But you still have to end, I have to end. It's a beautiful, interesting race. Hallelujah. There are, mentioned, there are many areas of our lives that determine whether we know ourselves or not. That can help us to determine how to know yourself. I want to give you Eight areas of life you need to know if you are to know yourself. James said, a man, James chapter 1 verse 23, a man who hears the word of God and doesn't do it, is like one that looks at the mirror and forgets how he looks like. What it means is that the, the scripture is the best um, aid 
to know yourself. Philosophy can guide you. History can guide us. Experience can guide us. People say experience is the best teacher. It's not always the best teacher. The best guide is the word of God. Hallelujah. So if I want to examine myself and know myself, much as uh, I, 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 I can engage in other tools to, to strengthen what I look like, the most reliable tool or the most reliable pa- uh, partner in this quest to know myself is the word of God. You know, philo- um, psychologists have something they call anal profile, which you put your, you answer certain questions, and when you answer the questions, it tells you whether you are melancholy or you are uh, uh, sanguine or you are this and that and that. And they'll ask you the same questions from the back and from the front. And if you lie, it will tell. If you are not consistent, it will show. But let me say that it is not perfect. Hallelujah. It's not perfect. The scripture said, in the book of Corinthians, the apostle epistle to the Corinthians, second Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter two, he says that who is it that knows the man except the spirit that is in that person? Hallelujah. I think verse sixteen. And verse fifteen, the preceding verse says that he that is spiritual judges all things. When we say spirituality, we're talking about somebody who can carry the word of God and put it on his life and interpret his life. That's a spiritual person. Carrying the word of God. Examining yourself with the word, applying it, and seeing where you stand with the word. That's spirituality. We, in the the neo-Pentecostal, Pentecostal movement and those evangelicals, many have equated Power to spirituality. There can be power without spirituality. The core biblical spirituality is where the Holy Spirit is leading. Opening the word of God to you and to me. And the spiritual man, the Bible says, Paul said, judges all things. Your ability to judge and to judge, not judging people, not being a judge like the Supreme Court judge, no. But the most important judgment we all need is the judgment of ourselves. If you can judge yourself, then you are, you, 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 and, and you, you, you are able to pass by the mercies of God. Then can you be able to probably help others. Say amen. One of the reasons why many of us are not able to help that others that much is because our self-judgment is not very good. It ends up either being proud being self-pitied. And when you are proud, people, God opposes you. The Bible said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Say amen. And when you have self-pity, also you don't have faith. And God, anything that is not done in faith is sin. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the mirror, the real way of being able to do, know yourself is when we rightly divide the word of truth. You carry yourself in the word. I carry myself in the word. Then I know where I stand. And if the word says that I'm on course, fine. And I don't, the word doesn't pamper me. And I humble myself before the word of God. 
It makes a change in my life. Your life will also change. Say amen. And it is even more challenging in our time because times are hard. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 24. That evil is going to be on ascendancy. Deception is going to be on ascendancy. Hallelujah. Violence is going to be on ascendancy. Schemes are going to be on ascendancy. Just a week or two ago, the country called Colombia passed the law. And the law, they said that they have legalized polyamorous marriage. Polyamorous means that if there are three people, A, B, and C, A will be married to B, B will be married to C, and C is married to A. If there are four people, A is married to B, B is married to C, uh, B, C, C is married to D, D is married to A. All of them are married to each other. And it's legal. It's telling you and I that the world is getting worse and worse. Last two years, or a few years ago, under President Obama, we were quarreling and we are all sad by all the mass uh, uh, gay and lesbian. Today, we are, they've moved the gear higher. <laughs> they changed their, their standard. It's now polyamorous. Which means that you soon, ten people will be married. Everybody is married to each other. And they will settle. They will, oh, that is telling you that evil is on the ascendancy. You see, that is only an indicator. But there are other aspects of society that are deteriorating. We only are getting interested in the sexual element. But there are many things. The fraudulent, the fraud part, the other many things that are going on in the world. And it's because many of us who are in the evangelical fold, we don't catch up with the things. The changes are so many. And many of us are, are kind of sleeping. Things are happening. And if we have to survive in this situation, like Pastor Bimbo said, as a child of God who is righteous in this evil world, then you must know yourself. Because if you don't know yourself, who you are, where you are going, what you are planted in, and all of that, with the kind of things that are coming, and, and even, even in Ghana, just a few weeks ago, a minister of state was requesting that, oh, they should legalize yoga in all schools as part of physical education. A minister of state in Ghana. And people just look, and the people are busy about all the other things. But that is it. That they should make it. It came up a few years ago. I had a discussion with a, a, a very, I won't mention his name, a very senior professor, medical professor, who was a real renowned person. And he was advocating for that. I was on the school board with him. That, oh, the naughty boys and naughty girls, if you use yoga, they'll be disciplined. And that is the way people are beginning to think. They have networks. If you go, this cantonment here from this, because of the U.S. embassy, forgive me if you have an embassy, don't, I'm not attacking you. But if the embassy and all the enclave, the staff, a lot of the diplomatic staff, they have created networks right in our cantonment here, just around here. They have a lot of networks that promote yoga and TM, Transcendental Meditation. The world is... We are, we, we are really in a, on an oasis. We are on an island. We are caught alone. We don't really see it. But that's the truth. Amen. 
So for you and I to overcome in this kind of world, we need to know who we are. If you don't know who you are, the wind will blow you. The storms will take you. And you can't take a decision. You know which direction. But God help us that we may be able to know where we are and who we are. Say amen. I'm going to give you eight of them. Number one. Know who you believe. Number two. Know your grace. Number three. Know your roots. Number four. Know your destination, where you are going in life. Whether it's career, eternity, wherever. Know where you are going. Ministry, know where you are going. You can have a ministry, you can have a gift, but if you don't know where you are taking the gift, you can be very knowledgeable, academic, professional. Where are you taking it? What are you going to achieve with what you have? Because sometimes this whole derailment can come because we can have a good gift, and others can poison it. And the scripture is there to confirm. First, Corinthians, First Kings chapter 13. When the young prophet went to... A good man, a good prophet, went to a town. Because he forgot where he was going. The Lord said, when you go, don't eat bread in Bethel. And what did happen? The young man went and he forgot his death. He said, when you are going, don't use this route. Use this other route. The old prophet came and said, look, I'm also a prophet. So he had his gift. He knew his gift. He knew his grace. But somebody else redirected his destination. Know your destination. Say amen. Know your real friends and enemies. Jesus spoke about this. Know your times and seasons. Every gift... Every calling, every ministry has its times and seasons. Every empire has its times and seasons. You see, in the prophecy of Daniel, in the vision of Daniel, you saw great kingdoms, they had their times and seasons. And if the kingdoms have had their times and seasons, men of God have had their times and seasons. Once upon a time, there was a man called Benson Idahosa. When he spoke in Nigeria, everybody shook. Today, he's no more. And when the season passed, new names began to pop up. Adeboye, Oyedepo. All the kinds of names began to pop up, affecting the world. But for a very long time, everybody thought that Idahosa was immortal. So everybody has a season. Everybody has his time. And when we fail... To understand this important revelation about ourselves, we can fail future generations. We can fail the people of our time. Because when you know your time and your season, it determines what you ought to do as the children of Issachar knew what to do. Amen. How many have I mentioned that we should know? Six. Okay, two more. Then I'll explain a few. Then we'll pray. Know your priorities. Hmm. 
Know your priorities in life. One of the things that has cost a lot of believers, Jesus was very focused. He would not be distracted. Many believers are distracted. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And we are in a season that if you elevate everything the same weight, by the time the main thing is, is ready, it will be too late. But the scripture said that Jesus, in dealing with Mary and Martha in chapter 10 of Luke, the last few verses, 38 to 42, he said, one thing is needful, that which Mary has discovered. There are many things that are competing for our time in our generation. If you don't know what is your priority, your major priority, you may be performing the ministry, undertaking the ministry, you may be pursuing the career, you may be doing what is godly, what is religiously correct. But if you don't know the priorities in the divine order, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, we can miss it. For everybody, there is a priority at any given time. Say amen. And last but not the least, know your state. Know your state. You know when I spoke about the Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1, we can start from there. Know your state. The church in Sardis, in their mind, they were alive. They were, they were having great time with the Lord. I know your works. They had works. They had events. They had programs. They had things rolled out. If you went to their website, everybody would say, this is a great church. Or this person is a great brother. This person, he's done, he's done so many things. He's built these temples. Or he's doing so and so and so and so. He has so many works. And the Lord said, and I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. They didn't know their true state. They didn't know that they did not have the grace to connect to heaven. When you say, when you are dead, it means that you, you, your connectivity, your lines of communication to heaven, your influence in heaven is, is dimmed. Your light, your message is dimmed. Men and all of us, even religious people, church people, are guilty of sometimes looking at things after the flesh. When we see men doing things, we don't want to make create a problem. We, who made us? Who makes us judges? The scripture says in Romans 14, 4, it says, Who are thou to be a judge of another man's servant? Before his master, he stands where he falls. So, yes, we are right sometimes in not treading into areas of trying to judge people. More important, God wants us to focus on judging ourselves more than judging anybody else. Say amen. That is why it's dangerous to judge somebody else. So, the scripture said, The people in Sardis, they thought they were alive. But indeed, in the eyes of the Lord, they were dead. When, you are, when we are examining who we are, we ask ourselves, when, how's my connection to God? When was the last time I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me? How do I feel if Jesus were to come today? 
how would I see myself? Not based on my denomination, not based on anything. That's how we talk about knowing yourself, your true state. Yes, I'm born again. Yes, I've given my life to Christ. But how am I today? Because it could be that maybe I'll become like Samson or you become like Samson. So you and I need to, from time to time, daily ask ourselves. That part of the Lord's prayer, Lord, lead us to temptation, deliver us from evil, is a prayer everybody ought to be praying every time and to be conscious of. Know your state. Then let's not deceive ourselves. It's good to do personal. Don't wait for church communion or retreat to do self-examination. Amen. Know your state. If you see that all your testimonies are yes, testimonies of yesteryears, or oh, when we were schoolboys, when we were schoolgirls, what, what are you today? How relevant are you today? When I used to do, no, no. Today, what are we doing? What impact are we making today? And you go through the, the letters to the churches, and you see God's understanding of their state was different from their own understanding of their state. And you see, that, those letters are very important because they are a barometer for assessing our spiritual state with God. If you want to know how you are with God, go through the seven churches and see the endorsements and the questions God raised, and we will see yourself in it. One of them, at least. Amen. I talked about knowing your priorities. We got to know our priorities. Jesus said in John 4, 34, said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. There are many things competing for our time today. There are many things. Social media is competing for our time. Entertainment is competing for our time. Family is competing for our time. All of them, most of them are legitimate things we can do with our time. Even church activities, some of the activities can be competing with our relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. Religion in itself can be a competitor. And if a person wants to examine himself, he needs to look at the things that he treasures. See, the Bible said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So when your heart, your, your, your heart what consumes you, what are, you pre, what are we preoccupied with? And then with that, you see, the, 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 the psalmist says to the Lord, I commune with you in my heart. In certain priorities, it's something that nobody else can tell, can do for me and for you. We all need to do it ourselves. Every day when you wake up in the morning, or when you are about to close the day in the evening, what are the issues that are critical on your agenda? When you do your scheduling, the priorities matter. It's a reflection of who you are. The things where your money goes, if you spend over the month, look at your budget outside of your tithe, it's a reflection of who you are. If I say who you are, you will tell me, you talk to me about your spiritual things. You tell me about how you love the Lord, how we all love the Lord. But one strong indicator is where your money goes in terms of God's interest. The scripture said in the book of uh, the gospel according to Matthew 25, in the lower part, it talks about the fact that, Lord, when were we sick and you did visit us? Or when did I, when were, when, when were you sick that you, I, I did visit you? When were you naked that I clothed you? 
When were you hungry that I fed you? When were you thirsty that I gave you water to drink? It's about resources. It's about the, the priority. Some of us, we say, oh, I'm poor. Nobody, I'm waiting for the day God will give me a breakthrough. It's a reflection of your heart. You can pray. You can be a very good prayer warrior. The little 200 cities you get, God expects you to do something to show where your heart is. It's a sign of your pride. Where do you spend your money? Where do we spend our money? And it is an indication of who you are. Say amen. In Psalm 139 verse 23, the psalmist says, Search me, O God. As we search ourselves and see where our mind is, where our, money, our priorities are, the intents and motives. God, Jeremiah says, God examines by the intents. 17 verse 10 of Jeremiah. God looks at our intent, motives. It determines our priorities, how we allocate our resources, how we allocate our time. It's determined by the motives, by the priorities. Know your times and seasons. Our times and seasons determine who we are. If you understand your times and seasons, you will know that there is a time to sow, a time to reap. Why do many believers fail? Why do we have many ministries after their generations? You see a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion. Because many times, people don't recognize that for us all, there is a time and there is a season. Parents, there is a time and a season. There is a time that we can do excellent parenting. And there is a time that we have to depend. When you read Ecclesiastes 12, you understand what I'm talking about. Right up from verse 1 up to 7. You realize that much as we want to serve and do all the great things, the reality of life is that it doesn't happen that way. My friend Bishop Doug often refers to it as siniazo, the uncontrollables of life. There are things, sometimes you think you have stamina. We think we can walk this distance. You think we can stay up that late. Sometimes I want to sit down and study, but by the time I get home, I'm tired. It's not the same. The energy, I used to stay up. I remember my book on rewards of faithfulness. I was in Tamale. I wrote it to 24 hours in a hotel. I was there just sitting up. Today, it's not an easy thing. I'm not even 60. I'm not 70. And it's not easy. <laughs> Amen. It means my time for sitting up to write that way. Now, before, I used to write all the books, every letter. Now I'm gradually getting into a situation where I'm preaching to write. I'm preaching to write. So, I have hired a transcriber to help me. Take my messages. And some of it, I'm going to sit with them and preach it. Because sitting down 24, so many days, it's not the same. I have to preach it. I have my points in my spirit. But to write as I used to, I have to have, I have volumes of notebooks. And I'll give to the, the typist. And I worried people like uh, Comfort and Eileen uh, and all of them to type. And this one will type. And, uh, and I can't do it the same way. As one is aging, I have to change. Otherwise, I, I will not be relevant. I have to know myself that physically it's not the same. I have to know myself that there is a time and season for when I have to do it. And there are things, if I don't do today, 
and you don't do today, God will prepare other people to come in to do. Your season will pass and you, it will, you will not, God will announce to you that your season is passing. Oh yes, it's true. Oh yes, it's true. Oh yes, it's true. If you don't believe me, look on the Ghanaian musical scene. You, you understand. The names that we knew before and those that are still around. That's why Bishop Adi said, he looked at that and he said, he has to advise himself. So if I don't stick to my primary thing, I have to go into the teaching and the preaching of the God and go out there, what became of these guys in their season and in their time will catch up with me. So quickly he prepared himself. He's not moved totally for music or mu- the ministry, but understanding his season, well, he can be relevant. And we, one of the dangers, we can get frustrated when you are in the wrong season. You are still gifted. You become, sometimes we become worried, anxious, critical. Nothing will satisfy you. Know your time and your season. Know your real friends and your enemy. A man who doesn't know his, him, his real friends, the Holy Spirit, his true, true friend, the brethren, the fellowship of saints, his true friends, and thinks that his friends are elsewhere, doesn't know that he's... You see, when he's joined a new family of God, as Pastor Ben Paul was saying this morning, you join the righteous family, in Ephesians we are told, the middle wall of partition has been broken. Their friends... These are my brethren. These are the, faith, the saints. The people you meet in the kingdom. Not necessarily just CFCC. But in the kingdom of God. Which is of course bigger than our local little church. The kingdom. Kingdom. Open up your spirit. The body of Christ is bigger than your wife and children, your husband and children in your, who are born again. And it's also bigger than our little CFCC. It's bigger than the Pentecostal and charismatic preaching and, and tongue speaking people. Did you hear me? God has many children in many places. And when we, if you don't, if you don't know that these are also there, you don't know yourself. Because what happens is that you are deprived of that which every joint supplies through those other children of God. Did you hear me? Enlarge your scope as a believer in your spiritual friendship. In the same vein, know your enemy. Your enemy is not your brother or your sister sitting by you or your husband or your wife who you think is troubling you. Your real enemy See, the scripture says, be, be careful, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil. Those people in church that you are not flowing with, in the words of our Pentecostal charismatic jargon, I don't flow with him, I don't flow with her. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't flow with him. Those people you cannot flow with, they are not your enemies. No. Our real enemy is the devil. That's why the scripture says, Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. We 
can't be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We got to know him. And we should know, time will not allow me to talk about the way to deal with him. Because many of us, part of the reason why we are spending all our wrong time and energy and wrong priorities is because we don't, we have no idea. You see, one of the biggest strategies of the enemy is in mental warfare. Devil, I was, I went to a place shopping in a shop and I saw they were showing a Ghanaian movie with Lewin and they were trying to depict Satan and I saw that people they had this uh, uh, thing mask in front of them and so and say, no, 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 no. Satan manifests mainly through a, 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 a mental images. That is why in 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, when the apostle was talking, he says that for the weapons, are, uh, uh, for we war not against flesh and blood, sorry, against principalities. Oh no, the parties, he says, the weapons for our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through the God, they're pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Second Corinthians 10. 4 and 5. The strongest area of Satan's attacks on us, the physical side is very little. See, when he was tormenting Job, what was he trying to get him to say? He said, the devil used his wife to say, cares God and die. Change his mind about God. What was the devil trying to tell Jesus? If you abandon the father and say, bow down, change of mind. The real enemy, if you know him, then you know yourself that you are not going to allow your mind, the things that come to our mind, you will not allow anything to float in our minds. Hallelujah. When you know yourself, you, you, you can tell whether your mind, you, you know yourself through the things that go through your mind. Are they godly? That's why Apostle Paul writing to the Philippians talked about whatsoever things are lovely. Think on these things. Purity. Honesty. Good report. Hallelujah. Beloved, we have a lot to do by the grace of God. But the grace will help us. Amen. We have to know where we are going. Apostle Paul said to, uh, no, not the Apostle Paul, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 13, 14. Here have we no continuing city. Many of us don't know that we are temporal citizens here. And anything we are doing, much as here is important, it's not the ultimate. And it affects your sense of agency. It affects your prioritization. It affects your use of resources. It affects your relationships. A clear picture of where you are going. Even the weight you carry. Because some of the things we are carrying may not be needed where you are going. Say amen. So you are willing to let go. So you know you are a sojourner. You are in transit. When you think it's your place to be, you have to look for your bed. You have to look for your car. You have to make sure that everything is settled. But when we realize that we are sojourners, the whole mindset changes. Say amen. I won't say more about that. When you know your roots, David said in Second Samuel 7 verse 18, he said to the Lord, what is my house? Who am I? See, one of the things it does to you, it keeps you and I humble when you know where you have come from. 
Paul said to the Ephesians, you were once darkness. Ephesians 5, is it, I think. You were once darkness. You see, that's why I always, I've said that many times, me, when I'm doing worship here, I'm in worship, within 30 seconds, somehow my mind is able to go to my village. I've, when I sit, every, I sit because I see Nana I'm free or whatever, I've forgotten her name. Nana I'm free or Nana I'm free, whatever. I remember sitting and she, 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 they made the white, white thing for the shrines and it's in the open and the children, they'll make fufu and they make gano soup and that's why we like to go and enjoy. So you go and join, join them to drum. When you finish, then they made the food and you eat. I know. I'm, so every day, I know that I'm an, I, I could have been a fetish priest. I saw my, one of my grand uncles read every, almost every morning going to Nkonyadem. Nkonyadem is the, shrine, the, 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 the palace, uh, what do you call it? Stool room. To go and pour life. I saw it. And I know that one day they would have called me in there. I saw myself one day with a big man who was training me in Accra in a very beautiful built office who liked me. And I, he always used to give me black label whiskey. Christmas. And I saw him inviting me to become a Freemason. So I know what it could have been. So I, when, you, when you see where you are coming from, when you know what you could have been, I see myself. You know, as I keep saying, all these many stools, traditional idolatry that is around me, around my home, my mother's side, my father's side, all of them, from Kokofu to Atonsu to where, in Suta to everywhere. To say Dentra. My, my, I have ancestry in Dentra. Uncle Biahine is my, 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 my family. If they, 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 the seat is vacant, they want to tell graduates, they will come for me if they want, but I don't want. Amen. Yeah, we, we appoint the Dentra, Uncle Bia. And we also have stool in Kokofu. My father, Achempimini. My biological father is Achempimini. So if I want to be his old, I will just have to go and lobby. And tomorrow you will hear that Osofo is now. But God forbid. Amen. And many others in Isuta. My mother's grandparents' father was, uh, what do you call it? Bermu Hine. Bermu is where the royal mausoleum is. The royal mausoleum. And they kept the keys. In my great grandmother's home, uh, great grandfather's village, you, you check my facts, what I'm saying. There's a place called Tintin, near Suta. It's a small square building. That's where the chiefs are, are buried. It's our people who keep the key. I could be involved. But you see, you've got to know where you are coming from. Where God has delivered you from. When I see all the idolatry. When I see all of them. Caught there. I don't condemn them. They, they did in the, the days of ignorance, God overlooked. So they got into it. But today, God has brought you out of darkness. Me, me, I'm standing and preaching. My whole clan, nobody has preached in a place like this. Oh yes, my whole clan, nobody has preached. I was the first person, by the grace of God, in my clan to have a church wedding in my whole clan. Married in a church, properly, properly married. In a church and stick to the marriage. Because all my sisters, everybody was a polygamist. Four wives, three wives. Everybody has got many wives. Shamelessly. It's nothing new. 
and the women to have three different, four children, four, four men, three women. It's nothing, nothing. That is me. I don't know your story. But me, I know that I've come from darkness into light. Hallelujah. And if you know where you are coming from, you will examine yourself. It keeps you down. It makes you appreciate where you are. It makes you know that this thing is not something you take lightly. Say amen. Know your roots. Finally, know your last but one, know your grace. Everybody here must know his grace. Don't so that you don't run another man's race. The scripture has started already, Romans twelve, three. Everybody has a certain grace and must find it and talk to God. Don't be jealous. Don't be angry. Don't compete others. Stay in your track and be happy. Say amen. But most importantly, Apostle Paul wrote to, the, the, to uh, Timothy and said, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.20 verse 19. Verse one to two, Second Timothy one twelve, and then Second Timothy two nineteen. Give me those two verses. Second Timothy. I suffer all these things. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that He's able to keep what I've committed to Him until this day. Know Jesus for yourself. Don't know Jesus through your parents, through your friends, through your husband, through your wife. Don't let your wife be pushing you to church like it's like Queenie. Or your husband. Or your mommy. Or your daddy. It means you don't know whom you are believed. They have to lure you with something. Deal or no deal. Before you can go to church. Or do what you have to do for the Lord. If you know Jesus. That in him you have life. In him you have light. Nobody. Has to coerce you. Coax us. To love the Lord. If you know what Jesus has paid to get you where you are. How he left his throne. We know about it. Descended. Philippians 2. We know about it. He gave away his seat. up, Humbled himself to go through suffering. Even death on the cross. That's what the Bible said. If you know this Jesus. And you know the meaning of the cross to the throne. Every stage of it what he went through, and what it means for you. You will not allow the enemy to take up. You will know who you are. You will insist that, no, Jesus set me free, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. You will not be condemned. You will not allow the accuser to get at you, because you know who has set you free. For who the Son sets free, is free indeed. Bow your heads in prayer. Take a moment. To reflect on these things. I don't know what you know about yourself. But ask God to help you to know more about yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to know more about yourself. So you can serve him better. If you don't know yourself, we will be living in deception. We will be living in destruction. We will be competing everybody. Know yourself. Know your states. Your spiritual state. Know where you are going. Know where you're coming from. And it will make a whole lot of difference. Lord, help me to know you. As Apostle Paul prayed. Help my brethren to know you. 
in the truth. Help us to walk in this knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen.